When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. It feels a bit weird, me hosting this evening. I know I've kind of dipped in and out of the shows over the past couple of weeks, but to be back in the hot seat, looking forward to it. And as always, I'm joined by two fabulous guests, as you know, Amanda to my left. How are you doing? I'm not a guest. I am your podcast sister. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I should have uh, have thought about that. I'm just like, look, Amanda, I'm rusty, okay? I know. know, It's it's been a couple of weeks, so I'm just just easing myself into it. You're a bit like Emil Smith-Rowe. Yeah, you're just easing yourself in. A little bit, Um, Hello, my lovely. Great to be podding back with you again. Um, Yeah, all good. Good stuff. Lots to unpack this evening. And once again, we're joined by the fabulous Merv. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. It's been it's been a good afternoon and it's been a good last hour. Just just as I'm sure everybody else is going to say, just hope Liverpool play like that next week. Yeah, we've just said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, funnily enough, I just put a tweet out saying, uh, I, as much as I would love to believe that Liverpool <laughs> are going to play like that next Saturday at 5.30pm, no chance. That's Absolutely what Daniel's saying. No I said that. That's I said, happen. guaranteed that team is not turning up next Saturday night. That Liverpool team is not turning up next Saturday night. But anyway, hello to everybody in the chat room. Thank you for joining us. Yes, hello and welcome back to everyone joining us in the chat room. Make sure as well to get your questions in. We will, of course, take 10, 15 minutes at the end of the show just to run through them. Um, so anything you've got, anything you want to run through, make sure you get it in that chat box. Amanda is on starring duty this evening. So, uh, yeah, best of luck with that. Don't send in too many. Um, Merv, I'll start with you, mate. Brighton at home, never an easy game for Arsenal. Uh, I still have nightmares of what we saw at the Emirates last season, the game that was all but the nail in the coffin for our title hopes. And, you know, it wasn't just that game, but Brighton were certainly a, a fawn in our side when we played them under Unai Emery and they kind of uh, dented quite massively our top four hopes in the 18-19 season. So not really a team I feel all that confident about playing at home or at the Emirates, to be honest. Um, but I think today... I don't want to, you know, go over the top, but it felt like footballing perfection from Arsenal. We were just so in control of the game, so dominant, so many opportunities. Uh, two 0 if anything, is a bit of a flattering scoreline on Brighton. Not to, you know, be overzealous and a bit arrogant there, but we played some really good stuff today, didn't we? We did, we did. They, they, I think, uh, came to frustrate us because um, we didn't see much. You know, I was concerned as you. It's kind of like. You know, this this season on fantasy football has been shuffling Brighton players around because you know you know the person you took out is going to get ten points or something. They they seem to be scoring. They they seem to be playing well. Um, maybe it's the fact that we play Tuesday, they play Thursday. They were obviously quite elated. Um, I did uh, when I was on with Chris on Friday. I did message uh, Brighton season ticket holder. I know. Uh, asked what what his prediction was, and he said everybody's just going to be so excited. We've topped the the European group with, you know, Marseille and uh, I've forgotten who the other team were. The, the you know, he said, it's a free hit for you guys. So it's kind of, um, 
I, I was hoping that, that that's what it would be like. I mean, not not a free hit because they had well, they I've said they had chances. They didn't really until towards the end, but um, they frustrated us massively. I think for large parts, but. Um, I mean, at the end of it, it was only us that was going to win. So it was kind of, uh, yeah, it was an enjoyable afternoon. Frustrating at times, but enjoyable. Absolutely. And Amanda, coming to you, I mean, one thing I think we've struggled with from an Arsenal point of view this season is is that we've not really had a settled eleven. Um, but I think a lot of people going into this game could name player for player who was going to start in this match. <clears throat> Given that we've, you know, had players in and out through injury and we've still, you know, definitely not got anywhere near a fully fit team. You've just got to look at the players that are absent from today. But to finally have a bit more of a settled eleven where you kind of know who who's going to be playing before the game even starts. It was so important to us last season. Do you think we're now starting to see that Arsenal? Do you think it's helping how we're starting games? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd like to see Tommy Asu in there. Um, that would be my only change. And I don't really like Zinchenko at left back. He gives me heart failure. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I mean, you, you sort of looked at that team and went, yeah, fair enough. You know, Havertz up front, Jesus, always good to see Jesus. He was my man of the match, by the way, today. I don't know if anyone agrees with that, but he was. Um, no, it was good. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I'm a, Listen, Brighton are a very, very, very good team. Um, and I feel that, that our first 11 really needed to be on their game. And I thought, didn't you think from the off, Cooks, we were at them straight away? Yeah, I think our pressing game was absolutely fantastic. Like, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying that this is the best performance of the season. I can definitely see why. I mean, it's definitely up there with Lons. Just the way we attacked them, penned them in, suffocated them, you know, really had our hand on the throat, as it were. We just didn't give them an inch. And that continued into the second half as well. Even when we were 2-0 up, we were still so aggressive in the way that we played. And the man at the heart of that, you know, we've spoken about him so many times already this season. Your man, Declan Rice, sensational oh. again. And I, I saw reports not too long ago that he was actually very ill last night and he recovered, oh, wow. came back this morning and wanted to play. But my God, you wouldn't think he was ill less than 24 hours ago. He he was, you know, you're talking about Jesus being man of the match. He, he was definitely up there, wasn't he? He, he? He's just incredible. Look, people are saying they gave man of the match to Kai, I think, but I, can, I can't see past Rice. But I, I think that pretty much every game from Avon, welcome to the show. And I totally agree. Every week, honestly, without fail, I go into work and I say thank you very much to Declan Rice, to the two West Ham season ticket holders. I annoy the hell out of them. And I, and I say it every single time we play. The man is immense. And the good news is, cooking, that leads us nice into next Wednesday night. We have our party pod. We're inviting some guests back. Um, and on that show is Anthony Gale, which is Declan's youth team coach. So we will be talking to him again. And he's been in contact with Declan recently. So it'd be really interesting to see how Declan Rice feels he's settling in. Because do you not think he's actually felt like Cooks? He's been there for season upon season. Yeah, he's just part of furniture. I mean, the way he celebrated the second goal was unbelievable. But then at full time, when you just see him giving it all that, it's just, it's beautiful to see. He just feels like, you know, he's come from our own academy. And I really do hope we can win league titles and, and potentially Champions Leagues with him because he, he is that good of a player. Yeah. And he's making us such a good team. And I think once again, I mean, we've spoken about this already, but Merv, um, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, but we saw 
Declan Rice's maraudering runs time and time and time again in this game. And I think that's a huge aspect of his game that he can he can have in his locker and we can potentially mm. unlock that a little bit more because I think he's got so much to offer in an attacking sense. If you just look at how easily he takes it past players, don't get me wrong, I think as a six, he's brilliant. His defensive work is great. And we saw him even play at centre-back in midweek against PSV. But I really do want to see him further up the pitch. I think he's got so much to, to offer in that left eight role. Um, we know that Partey's coming back into training. I think it's highly unlikely he starts at Anfield. But as this team evolves, I know obviously Kai Havertz has kind of got that left eight position locked off now. But do you think there's scope to have maybe Declan Rice playing in that left eight with someone more like a you know out and out defensive midfielder playing in that number six where he's currently occupying that role? Oh, definitely, definitely. The the um, I mean, I you know last year, uh, last season. Um, I was talking about Rice. He's the one player I wanted Arsenal to get. I mean, there were rumours of interest, but just, you know, future England captain, I see him as a future, well, still do, obviously, future captain of Arsenal, uh, albeit I think he's he's older than Martin Odegaard. But but the, the it, he's a fantastic player. He's everything we wanted and needed. He does everything. Yeah, it's different. You know, it's not like I'm looking back to the Invincibles and, oh, he's our Patrick Vieira, because he's a completely different kind of player. Um but it just, you know, he, he he can defend, he can be midfield, he pushes the team on, he's always available, he always makes himself available, always looks for openings, always looks to looks for the pass. Uh, he's always determined, you know, he knows where he's going to go. If there's no office pass on, he knows where he's going to run. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a future England captain, uh, clearly. And um, I think he will be, you know, he's 24, is he? Um, hopefully he'll be with us for at least six, seven, eight years and will lead us to 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 a few seasons of glory. Yeah, I, I don't want to make this a Declan Rice show because I feel like we give him <laughs> yeah, his own we... 10, yeah, we give him his own 10, 15 minute segment, <laughs> don't we? But I think, you know, I don't want to over-exaggerate, but I think in my Arsenal supporting lifetime, he's been one of the best midfielders I've seen at the club, along with, you know, greats like um, Patrick Vieira, Gilberto Silva. But in terms of an all-round midfielder, you know, not a defensive midfielder, not an attacking midfielder, a central midfielder, he's got it all. He can attack, he can defend. Positional awareness, fantastic. Passing, fantastic. Tackling, fantastic. Just no flaws in his game. He he is the perfect midfielder. Um, but look, we're going to move on from that. Amanda, um, Going into this game, there was a little bit of added pressure on us, I think, because City dropped points yesterday, surprisingly, at home to Crystal Palace, surrendering a 2-0 lead, which is, you know, in seasons gone by, very Arsenal-like. Um, but we really had to capitalise on that, didn't we? Um, especially with Spurs winning as well. You know, Villa were playing today, Liverpool were playing today. Um, we played before Liverpool, um, who will, you know, I'm sure we'll go on to discuss a little bit later. But um, just taking into account that City result on its own, I still think we, we as Arsenal fans, are viewing as the main title threat going into this game. We we had to get the win, didn't we? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, we just have to win every game. I don't even want to think about Anfield next week. I just want to enjoy this weekend because, we, as I said to my Scouse mates last night, we'll get our usual trouncing at Anfield. Um, the thing is, Brighton are a very, very good side and they've done us a couple of times. Um, but I thought we were really, really good and it was really important. But it shows, doesn't it, that this extra, excuse me, this extra time now, six, seven minutes, uh, Palace were able to get a penalty, which was a penalty, 
and score at the Etihad. And then in the end was not enough time. I know the ref added on another minute, but it just wasn't enough time for them. The league is there for the taking. Right off City at your peril. My City mates have already written themselves off, which I said, I'm not playing your mind games. It is December. Talk to me in April. Let's be six points clear. How many points clear are we of them now? Five? Whatever it is, I don't know. We're six of Tottenham, so it must be three or four. But let's worry about that. Let's just enjoy being up there and 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 being around the top of the table. If we're first, second or third, let's just stay around there. It was. It's important we win every game, Cooks, but it's really important today because we lost to Villa. Now, I know we beat, I know we drew to PSV, didn't we? But it's really, really important. I loved their attitude. I loved that they came out all guns blazing. And that's what we needed. And I really enjoyed the game. A little bit frustrating at times. Um, the ball wouldn't fall for us so many times um, in the penalty area. I, I want to discuss Saka. I want to discuss the ref. I want to discuss Arteta. There's so many things I want to talk about. <clears throat> but I'd also just quickly want to talk about my conversation in the car coming up here with my cousin. Um, he's not on any social media ever, never will be. Been gone to football with me for over 50 years. And he said something like, it didn't really see the agenda against us with referees. He doesn't see it, doesn't doesn't really get the Saka thing until I pointed out three in the first 20 minutes on Saka. I mean, it's really interesting for someone who's not on social media at all, at all to not see the bad mistakes the refs are making. I thought the ref today was pretty poor as well. And I, I just feel that, Cooks, we had to come out like that. We were pressing we were exciting. We were making things happening, but the ball just wasn't falling for us. And by about halfway through the first half, I looked at my cousin and I went, I don't think we're going to score this half. I really didn't think it was going to happen. Let's get the refereeing talk out of the way nice and early. So we're not have to do too much of a deep dive on it. Merv, it was pretty poor. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. Um, once again, we we saw Mikel Arteta books, didn't we? Um, for what can only be described as gesticulation on the sidelines for trying to get the referee's attention. And you can't really blame him for you know his actions when you see Ben White getting booked for the exact same foul that we're calling for a yellow card for, for the Brighton player. I mean, it was just inconsistent um you know it, it took a long time for brighton to initially get that booking i don't want to touch on this for too long because you know obviously we, we talk about it week in week out and thankfully it doesn't have to be a massive talking point today because we've won the game but um there's been a bit of talk as well about new referees um that are going to be entering the game you know in the next couple of weeks which is exciting and we'll hopefully see the start of a refresh in the premier league but i mean it was it was underwhelming again today wasn't it on that on that front it was. I think, um, yeah, I, I know, as we all do know, people who support um, kind of, you know, all different teams. And I suppose everybody, everybody thinks the ref is useless. Everybody thinks the ref's against them. I've never spoken to anybody who supports any team in any of the four divisions who said, actually, the ref gave us stuff we shouldn't have got today. It was all about, oh, you know, if it wasn't for the ref, we'd have got a penalty, we'd have got this, we'd have got that. Um, now, I'm not saying that it's not wrong. It's just that, uh, we, we, I feel the same way, and I've been going, you know, a long time to watch Arsenal, and I don't think I've ever come away from a game saying, "What a great ref!" Uh, There's always, how, how did, how do we not get a free kick? How do we not? How is that player not booked? Um, so, I, it is a difficult job. Um, having said that, 
um, it seems that there is a general feeling when I bump into people because it's Christmas time or coming up to Christmas time. So I've been to one or two kind of events, networking type things. And I bump into people I know support Newcastle, who support all these teams. And they all say the same thing to me. Your manager. God, Willie, shut up. I had enough of him. And I said, no, we love him. Oh, how can you love him? He's moaning all the time. He's jumping up and down. I said, but we love him. He's, he's completely changed the place. The fans are behind him. We we, we love his passion. Um, and I think a lot of other fans don't get it. I don't think referees are used to it. He's very demonstrative. He's very uh, he's the opposite of someone like Pep uh, in that respect. He's very demonstrative, heart on his sleeve, you know, exactly what he thinks. He's waving. And, and, and um, I think refs don't like it. Um, I said, I apologise for repeating myself if anybody was watching the preview blog on Friday when I was on with Chris. Um, where I sit is above the kind of like the away manager's technical area. Um, and, you know, one of the things I do the, 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 is watch. And whenever we play Liverpool, you know, Jurgen Klopp is constantly at the fourth official, constantly calling the full, fourth official over to point out Arsenal players who he thinks have made fouls and haven't that, that not been been given. Um, and there was obviously that incident at Anfield, was it no, not last season, season before between Arteta and Klopp. So I think a lot of the top managers are very passionate about this. Um, with 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 someone like Klopp, it's seen as passion because he's Liverpool and therefore they love him in yeah. the media. Uh, with Arteta, he's he's not seen the same way. It's not seen as passion. It's seen as anger. It's seen as 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 other things. And, and, and you know, he needs to just accept that decisions go either way. But you're right. I mean, he, he was trying to bring certain things to the ref's attention. And I think we do need more. Uh, the, the, you know, the ref's, uh, I think, I won't say get away with stuff, but I think the ref's need to be looked at more. Um, you know, it has to be accepted. They make mistakes and I'm sure they do. And I'm sure that the stuff we don't know will go on today that, 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 you know, the ref will probably hear from Stockley Park or whatever. And, and they'll say, look, you know, you did miss this, you did miss that and this, that and the other, but I, I, I assume that happens. I don't know, but it, it, it does really infuriate fans at the time. And yeah, when you've got a, a heart on your sleeve manager, who's very demonstrative, very excitable um it, they're going to protest um and it's we love him for it um so it's kind of the more the refs are anti him the more i love him it kind kind of thing because it's always the ref i mean Didn't you just my... see merv Mel, mervin when he was going like this you just knew yeah, he was gonna hands, get booked. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's yeah, he yeah. got booked for what he hasn't even said a word he's just gone like this down the touchline he's in his box you just knew it. I sit right opposite Arteta, so I can see it. I, I just I look to my cousin when they get booked. Watch the referee go over there. It yeah. is ridiculous. Uh, you know, I I know a lot of people don't like Jurgen Klopp. I love his passion. I hated Mourinho, but you've got to admire his passion. I don't remember these managers getting booked, to be honest. But no. I hear that Unai Emery got booked today, but I don't know why. I just heard it. So, you know, I just think... Because he, he managed Arsenal once. He had to get booked. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's an ex-Arsenal manager. I mean, it's they can ridiculous. have uh, Conte and Tuchel can can kind of start almost fight each other on the yep. touchline. Nobody Pep says that. Run on the pitch the other yeah. day. Don't yeah. see anything happening to him. No, I still remember that incident with Jurgen Klopp as well, where he basically got in the in the face of the fourth official 
you know, do you remember when he screamed in his face and then ran back and did his hamstring? I mean, that's the one that really sticks into my mind. I'm not sure if he even got a card for that, but I mean, it is interesting how it's perceived. There was a, a an interview with Jurgen Klopp not too long ago. Um, I think it was after the Palace game as well where the interviewer uh, asked him about, you know, he made some tongue-in-cheek joke about the 12.30pm kickoff because Klopp doesn't like them and then Klopp took it completely the wrong way and was just, you know, really bitter throughout the entire interview. It's just sometimes little things like that where I think Klopp takes it a bit too far, you know, just just be a bit more light-hearted. Um, but it's going to be interesting on Saturday. You know, we'll touch on the Liverpool game later, but that, that is a massive, massive game, particularly given what happens in the late kickoff today where Liverpool drop points, which... See us top of the league, Amanda, which, um, as you said before, you know, at this point in the season, doesn't really count for much, just so long as we're there or thereabouts come April time. That's what matters. But um, it's a nice feeling, isn't it? And as you said before as well, it, it really did feel like in that first half, it could be one of those days we might not get the goal. But even though we did go into half time at nil nil, I was really buoyed by how we played. I thought we created so many opportunities because what I've seen from Arsenal earlier on in the season is that when we were talking about us not clicking, we weren't creating the opportunities, were we? Um, whereas now it's like we're creating opportunities at will, in abundance. Today was just a case of we just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, which was kind of similar to what happened against Aston Villa. Um, but you just felt one of them had to go in, didn't you? Yeah, I just... but You know, it's one of those games where you're just thinking, are we going to get a goal? There were so many chances... Um, I mean, I don't remember the bright man, uh, pl- uh, goalkeeper making that amazing, wonderful, world-class saves or anything. But we had so many chances; we really did. And I just think that I just, I just think sometimes, and I was arguing with my cousin about this. You just need the rub of the green sometimes. You need a bit of luck. The ball to ricochet off someone, and then someone stick a boot and stick a boot on it, and it goes in the top top left-hand corner. But it just wasn't happening. Um, Brightner always a worry. Uh, you know, especially when we went 1-0 up, I was so concerned. I really was. Excuse me. <coughs> I've got a really bad cough tonight. Um, but we go in 0-0 at half time, and I'm thinking to myself, we really need to get a goal, Cooks. We really need to get one, and we need to get one soon. Yeah. You okay there? Oh, she's having a bit of a coughing fit, bless her. Merv, I'll come to you, mate. Um, There's an interesting comment in the chat here from the wonderful Carl Stark. First time in 33 games that Brighton haven't scored. I mean, our attacking performance was excellent today, but you've got to give so much credit to the defence as well. I thought Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White, and you know even Zinchenko at times, despite a few hair-raising moments, um, that back four was, was absolutely fantastic. And to keep a team like Brighton quiet who have so many attacking players, you know, like Matoma, Pedro, Ferguson. I mean, Ferguson barely had a kick today. Yeah. To limit them to one shot on target, I mean, it's it's really telling of how far our defence has come. Oh, definitely. I mean, the, the, you know, Saliba is, is just immense. You know, he's a rock. He's, he's it, it's, it's, uh, I, I was talking during the week um, to a couple of people who aren't Arsenal fans and, we, and they, it was about, you know, Emery and kind of, um, uh, you know, why it didn't work for him at Arsenal, they were asking. I said, well, it's you know, he came in at a difficult time, taken over from Wenger. It's kind of, there were players there like, you know, Ozil, Aubameyang, who didn't warm to his style. He wasn't really allowed to do what Arteta was allowed to do, maybe stripping away some 
players. And of course, who got he, a taxi beeping outside? Who's? I, I think it's outside my window. I don't know who it is. It is. It's somebody outside my window. I don't know what I can say. Don't worry. Um, carry on. It's not James for me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, James. It's not for me. I haven't got a taxi waiting. Um, and um, I said, you know, he he. There was that uh, at the start of his second season. He he. You know, the three players he asked for were, were Harry Maguire, just as well we didn't. Um, uh, Thomas Partey and Wilfred Zaha. And they didn't give him Harry Maguire. They gave him William Saliba, who was like 18 and a half or 19, and had to be loaned back to St Etienne for two seasons. And, you know, at the time, we thought, well, this is madness. But obviously, thank God they did that. Thank God they gave it not... They, they didn't give him Harry Maguire. They did go for William Saliba. But they must have known. There must have been something in the scouting. They knew he was going to be special. Um, and I know when he's made... When he's played for France, which I only think once or twice, he's... There have been comments that he's looked not out of his depth, but but is kind of a bit raw, uh, much more than he does look in the Premier League. But I think he's fantastic, and he's so calm in everything he controls. Um, Gabriel as well, you know, it's, it it works. The defence works. Um, I would love to at some stage. Uh, hopefully, Timber comes back. Uh, sometime in the second half of the season, because from the little bits, really from the Community Shield, um, and the first few minutes against uh, in in the first game, uh, he looked tremendous or a tremendous prospect. Um, but I think defensively, and we got that defensive mindset that the you know it starts from defence and it's rock solid in the way you know Declan Rice comes back to get the ball to to the way we build attacks uh, and the way defenders push up. Um, you know, I think it's it, it's very well done. Um, and I, I yeah, defensively, yeah, I mean, you know, we we might go and concede a couple next week because they're a bit of a bogey team, and their their fans are going to be up for it, and they're going to have Salah taking pot shots from everywhere and stuff. But um, it, you know, I'm not that worried about the defense. It's it, you know, it, it's probably the final third where where you know it feels like we need to push ahead more. And I know we're changing the style of play. We're not going so gung-ho like we were last season. So, um, you know, we're being a bit more reserved about it so that we don't leave ourselves open. Yeah, I and that, thought, oh, sorry, sorry, Cook. I thought Ben White played really well today and he hasn't been that good, if I'm honest. Yep, yep. The last few matches, has he, Mervyn? And today yep. I thought he was immense, actually. I thought he was really, really he good. Did. He, was, he was. He seemed back to himself. Um and apparently, I don't know if we just said this, but um, Declan Rice was ill last night. Did yeah. we just talk? Yeah. We did say that. We Sorry. Did. Did, yeah. I can't remember because I've got things written down. But um, I'm with you on the defence. It feels settled. But I'd prefer to have Tommy than Zinchenko. <clears throat> well, I think it depends who you're playing. Uh, you know, I think today where we're going to dominate so much of the ball, I've not got an issue with Zinchenko playing. I do still think he has those moments where he just passes the ball into no man's land and it leaves us in a dangerous situation. I think... You've got to accept that when he plays, you're going to be giving the ball away in dangerous areas a minimum of five times mm. a game. It just it just feels that way at the minute. And they do feel like really avoidable mistakes, um, but it just doesn't seem like we can coach them out of him. But I think different players with different game states. If we were going into Anfield with Tommy Asu fit, I'd want him starting all day, every day. Um, but it's just nice to have different types of players, but quality across the back line. It's something that we've really struggled with in years gone by. You know, it does. It, was, it wasn't too long ago that we had Mustafi, Socrates, um, you know, an ageing Laurent Koscielny at the back. And now we've got genuine quality. We've got youth in abundance in that area. 
And we're talking about Timber, Tomiyasu. We've got Jakob Kivior as well, who I think is an excellent player. So I'm really excited by how far this defence can go. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely good on that front. Um, Amanda, second mm-hmm. half, early goal from Gabriel Jesus at the back post. Exactly what we needed, wasn't it? Oh, it was lovely. <laughs> it was just, and our corners today were immense. They were fantastic, our corners mm. today. Um, and yeah, and I love Gabriel Jesus. I love him so much. I'm so pleased he was scoring with a header as well. And it was just a lovely goal. And, and you know, it's like you, your head goes mad and then your heart, sorry, your heart goes mad and your head goes VAR. Straight away, you're like, is anyone offside? Did someone push? Has anyone handballed it? Because there was a lot of people in the uh, penalty book, you know, penalty areas. You couldn't really see. I just thought, you know what? I've had enough of not celebrating. I'm just going to celebrate. And if it gets taken taken away from us, disallowed, I'll have to live with it. But I'm sick of getting up and stopping because you're worrying again. But yeah, lovely, lovely little header by our Gabriel. Do you know what? I really wanted the guard to score today, and I think he did because it was his birthday, wasn't it? He? he was trying every every which way to score, and he couldn't. But yep, lovely first goal by Gabriel. Yeah, Odegaard definitely should have scored today. I think that's the one thing I would say about him. His performance was pretty much near perfect, but he had to put the ball in the back of the net in yeah. some of those some of those situations. There was one as well where he. Um, had it on the right-hand side, took it all the way through to the left so he could get it on his favoured uh, boot. And just, uh, it was a fantastic save from the Brighton keeper, but I'd have loved for him to have scored today. His performance was, as I say, near perfect. But um, it was a bit, I wouldn't say scavy after that first goal, but Brighton certainly came back into the game. They had a bit of a fair share of possession and there were a couple of balls that came into the box that were a little bit hard to deal with. We saw them make a couple of um, changes. We saw Pedro come on. We saw uh, former Arsenal man Danny Welbeck come onto the pitch and they just had a little bit more bite about them. But we rode that wave and then um, we made it 2-0 through, once again, the fabulous Kai Havertz, who Merv, um, I thought was really good as as well today. I mean, he, he was... Pressing from the front, really hard working, really combative. And a couple of weeks ago, well, probably a couple of months ago now, I'd, I'd have had him hands down to miss that opportunity that he had one on one with the keeper. But he took it really well. Not too long before that, he had a header just go over the bar. Um, and I'm just so pleased with him at the moment. I don't want to say we've completely unlocked him, um, but we're certainly seeing a much better player than what we saw about a month ago, aren't we? Yeah, it, it's it, he's very much with the fans a Marmite player, I find. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I don't sit in the North Bank and stuff, so I don't know. But certainly where I am, I mean, one of the guys behind me doesn't stop moaning about him. Um, even after he scored today, I'm still moaning about him. Um, the, the, um, he is, I think, one of those players that, that you know, to try and explain what he's bringing to the team, you have to make it a little bit technical, I suppose. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of uh, when he wasn't shown. So the bloke behind me is that uh, it's OK. I know this guy. I've known him most of my life. So I've been sitting at Arsenal with him for God knows last 30 years. So it's kind of it's a bit of banter. But. Um, it, it, it's kind of, I'm trying to explain what he's doing and it's kind of like, you know, he's, there are two people. He said, he's not showing for it. I said, no, but he's got two people on him. He's not shown for it, but he's created space for the ball, the pass to go to Jesus. And it, it's kind of, I think because it's a bit, it's a bit technocratic what, what, what Mikel Arteta wants him to do, or it feels a bit. 
um because it's always told about you know he show you know he makes space on the left and it's kind of he occupies two defenders and and it's always a bit kind of it sounds a bit like it's always making excuse like one of those players i've forgotten who it used to be that yeah he he does he's so great but it's just it all happens under the surface you know it's a bit like the uh the swan everything's happening under the surface um but I, i i i'm growing i'm growing to like him um i wasn't sure at first in fact i was on the same old Arsenal podcast, the night we had a bid accepted for him. And it was one of the first things we discussed. It was in the one in, one out, one one bangs. And the first thing we discussed is we, we've just had, had an offer accepted for Kai Havertz. And I think there was a bit of a, a why uh, kind of, you know, we weren't really sure. Um, I think I can see it. I think it, it's one of Mikel's little things that, that it, it, he's trying to... He's trying to create a style of play and a setup that makes it very difficult for teams to, uh, I suppose, overrun us. Um, so I get that. Um, he is the kind of player that, unless he scores a hatful of key goals a season, there will be some people who think, "What's he doing here?" Um, certainly, one of my Chelsea friends is convinced that that they've sold us a dud. And even when I say, "No, no, he's, you know, he's, he's scoring now," I say, "No, he's useless." You know, he was useless with us. He's useless with you. What a waste of money. Um, so um, he's one of those players. So a bit of a marmite player, I suppose. But I'm, I'm, I'm warming to him. I like him. The, the other players obviously like him. I saw that bit that was on Sky about how Mikel Arteta persuaded him to come and the kind of things he told him, what he wanted him to do. Um, and I was at Bournemouth for his first goal, and okay, it was a bit of a, it was a bit a bit of a gimme, as in it was a penalty, and it, so they gave it to him. But it was just you could just feel that that, that that he's obviously very popular. That all the other players just wanted it for him. Yeah, that's the best thing about this squad, isn't it? I don't think it's just you know unique to him, but any player that's going through a bit of a rough patch, you feel like this team will do whatever they can to bring that person out of that you know rather dark period and shine the light on them, as it were. And Kai Havertz, I think, is definitely reaping the rewards of being part of a very settled, very unified group, something you certainly can't really say about Chelsea over the years gone by. And his just transformation in a guy that lacks so much confidence, which you could evidently see through his body language, to now a guy that is pointing, asking for the ball, putting the ball in the back of the net with confident finishes. If he can stay like this and you know put that spell at the start of the season behind him, we've got a really good player there. And um, I think he's found his position now in that left eight row. Obviously, it's a bonus that he can play in other positions, but that left eight row, I think, is perfectly suited for him, the way the team is playing at the minute. I still think you know there's an opportunity for Rice to play there, but... It is, it is Havertz's position at the minute. And um, Amanda, we debated a lot about, you know, what he was going to bring to the team. And we just weren't seeing it in those first few games. But he's kind of, uh, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet now, isn't he? Well, he is. And I think what Rob Servant is right. Havertz's improved form shows what patience and fan support can do to bring out the player in him. You just need patience. Honestly, I mean, at the very beginning, you know, people were criticising what Mervyn was saying. You know, why? Why have we bought him? Well, I don't know why, because we don't run the team. So let's see what um, Arteta wants to do with this player. You know, I still don't understand what Ray is doing in Goa, not Ramsdale. But hey-ho, I'm not the manager. So I I never was jumped on this bandwagon. You know, about four or five games in, I did tweet and say, I'm not sure what Havertz is here for. I will hold my hands up to that. But then I thought to myself, just give him some time. 
Arteta and Edu are not idiots. You know, they're not going to buy a dud for that amount of money. They obviously could see something. And I think Rob's right. Patience, team, the team spirit. And I think what Mervyn's right, you know, giving him that ball at Bournemouth to get him to score his first goal. That, the, our fans singing the Kai Havertz song, which is my favourite song ever. And I, I wanted him to score today so I could sing it. And boy, did we sing it. Um and I think, yeah, I think he's really important. And I think he's grinding confidence. And I think sometimes players are confident players, confidence players. So what that would mean is if you build their confidence, wow, you're going to see what a player he can be. And he's definitely doing that now. He's definitely becoming more exciting, more important to the team an important and a good player, you know, scored a lovely goal. And we have to, you know, say how well that assist from Eddie was as well. I mean, what I'm loving about this team is the, the unity and the fact that there's no selfish players here. You know, there's no, I'm, you know, top dog. You know, like we had Omri, obviously he felt like that. And then players were on different levels. We haven't got that here. You've got assists coming from everywhere. You've got goals coming from everywhere. You know, the huddle at the beginning, you know, is, is every game now. You've got Jesus doing it. You know, I saw him doing the speech in the huddle. He's not captain. Erdegaard is. So what? They're all captains. They're all brilliant. I love them all. Exactly. Couldn't have put it better myself. And it's worth mentioning as well that Habits is one of the only guys, I think, to have played in every single game this season, which I think goes to show just how much Arteta rates him, whether he's starting, whether he's on the bench. He's proven to be a vital part of the team that is, at the minute, top of the league. Vital goals. And in fact, had that, that handball thing not happened last week, he would have had a run of vital goals. Yeah. Yeah, let's not get into that. I no, can't, I, can't. no, I know. But I mean, he was he was the one there in the 88th minute trying oh, to equalise. Yeah, I know. I can't relive that again. I mean, I, I wasn't able to watch that Villa game, but I've watched numerous highlights, and yeah, it does make me feel a little bit nauseous looking back at that. But I'm still um, not over Gabrielle being pushed to the floor at Newcastle, let no, alone Havertz no, at no, no. Villa. I think we'll do a whole pod at the end of the season of the goal, of the disallowed goals that have driven us insane. That, that's all, and I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Because but, I'll have but all hopefully, the, all the Geordies coming for me again. Quite funny. But hopefully, Amanda, those won't be the moments that cost us the league. And that's yeah, what that's... we won't be focusing on in exactly. May. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Merv, we've won the game two 0 Never an easy thing to do, uh, particularly at home for Arsenal against Brighton. Um, we've kept a very, very, very good team under Roberto De Zerbi quiet. Um, you know, I think uh, someone put in the chat earlier, it's the first time they've not scored in something like 33 games, which is just outstanding. And yeah, uh, shows how good our defensive is, as we alluded to earlier. Um, big win. It's Liverpool up next. We saw this afternoon, just after our game, um, they dropped points at home to United. And you have to say... Liverpool were poor, United were as well. And I don't think there's any getting around that fact. They were two very poor teams this afternoon. Um, we know that's not going to happen when we go to Anfield at the weekend. They're definitely going to be up for it. We should be up for it as well. But I do think we can go there and at long last really break this hoodoo at Anfield. I'm not saying we have to win the game. Um, I think there's certainly scope for us to show ambition to go and win it. I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility by any means. We were 2-0 up there last season, and that's before we had the likes of Declan Rice in the team. Um, but a, a point for me would be a great result against this Liverpool side, who are obviously vying with us at the top of the table. Um, how are you feeling ahead of the trip on Saturday? I, I'm always confident. 
wherever we're playing, however badly we're playing, I'm always confident that the next game will be fine. Um, I, I, I'm feeling okay. I'm glad that I saw, I mean, I only caught the second half, obviously, because I was on the way home. So of, of their game with United. Um, and United played better than I've seen them play in the last two or three weeks. But um, it, it, you know, we're going there as league leaders. Uh, we're going there as, I suppose, you know, a, a form team. You know, we, we um, okay, we lost to Villa, uh, but, you know, we've beaten City. We've, we, we, we've shown in the big games. Um, and I think that, that, you know, I'm sure Klopp will know that we've changed our style. You know, the gung-ho of last season, which then kind of the wheels came off about kind of March, April time. It, it's different now. We're just, we're winning games. We're imposing ourselves on games. We're not chasing games. We're not giving up so much space. They'll know that. And I'm sure he'll have a plan. And I'm sure Salah will drive us mad, um, uh, as he usually does. Um but I, I, I'm, I'm feeling confident of a draw. You know, I don't want to. I don't. Anfield. You know, there was only once I've been there. Only once, as I know, Amanda's been there as well at that night. I'm not sure if you were there, but only once have I gone up there saying, "Yes, we can win this," and, and we did on that occasion. Um, usually, if I've gone to Anfield or, or I've just watched it live on TV, if we're playing up there, I don't. Even in the invincible years, I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I always felt that away to Liverpool was one of those games we were bound not to win. Um, but I don't feel that way at the moment. I think we're, we're finding some form. We're getting results. It's not, it's not like we've we've had a run in or a run up to that game with, um, I suppose, a lot of not easy games, but yeah, playing teams around the bottom. Um, I mean, Luton gave us a big fight. You know, we played Villa, and, and you know, should I believe have got something from that. Brighton are a tough team. We're we're showing in the bigger games this season, which makes me. Um, hopeful i won't say confident hopeful that we're going to really show next week yeah it's funny you you mentioned um going to anfield and it being such a tough game i mean i completely share that sentiment i remember the last time we won there um when luke spadolski and santa Cazorla scored in um the early start of the 2012 2013 season and that's probably one of the easiest games i think i've ever seen arsenal play at anfield i mean i know granted we weren't coming up against the best liverpool side at the time but we were hardly world beaters ourselves and that was just such a, a comfortable performance. I think, you know, a fully fit and flourishing Abu, Abu Dhabi helped him in field that day. But um, it's going to be interesting on Saturday, isn't it, Amanda? Uh, you've obviously got a lot of scouse mates, haven't you? So um, <coughs> yeah. Liverpool, uh, you know, you, you probably know a bit more about them than I do. Um, what are you expecting at 5.30 on Saturday? Well, I'm not expecting the team that turned up against United today, that is for sure. Um, I've been to Anfield, obviously, 89 plus three, four other times, and we've not won. I, I'm not going. Um, I, I can't. Listen, I'm. this is the match that I've already, already in my head gone, we've lost. So, I think it was 2012 we last won there. It, it's, it's not a great ground for us. Evening time on a Saturday just before Christmas as well in Liverpool. They'll all be bouncing. Um, it would have been the game I would have gone to, but I am sick to go, sick to death of going to Anfield and losing or not even. I think we drew once when I was there and they scored in the last minute for a draw. So it's not a happy ground for us, but I can't go with that confidence, I'm afraid. I just can't see it um, with their crowd and everything. But listen, I just hope I'm wrong. I honestly hope I'm wrong, but I've already like 
resent. I can't think of the word, but written it off. Yeah, I have. I have, and I know you should never do that. Football's a funny old game. We all know this. Listen, at the end of the day, I would love a 1-0 win, <laughs> any win at Anfield. Because if we do win, that that that's not me saying we've we've won the league or anything like that. But that is going to make our confidence massive. And also, they play in the week. They play mm. West Ham, I think. So. Yeah. We've got a week off. We've got to make that count. I was a bit concerned when Saka, when I say limped off, oh, he wasn't limp. He wasn't limping, but he limped off because he was so exhausted. Um, I could in front of us, he couldn't run anymore, but he didn't limp as in injured. So I'm not saying any of that for people that haven't seen it yet. Um, he just looked exhausted and was taken off. We have to have Saka there. We have to start exactly how we started today. We have to play like we have played today, and we have to keep the same team. My concern is Inchenko and Salah. I, I don't even want to think about it, to be honest. Um, but however, um, I'm not going to predict for the game. I'm just not. Um, I never want to predict anything for that game. But it is a funny old game. And, I, we, you know, we're going to do a post-game show that night. Whether we win, lose or draw, we're going live half an hour after it ends. And I've already, you know said in my head it is what it is and we'll we'll come on and discuss whatever we've got to come on and discuss but I'm not confident even though they played poorly today and we haven't they just raised their game against us you know and if this is one game that Arteta has to keep cool because I do believe then if it was last season or the season before he did rile the crowd up and they went in and scored they don't like him anyway because he's ex-Everton. So forget any of that. He needs to keep quiet. Um, it's the only one game I would say that. Yeah, yeah. It was the, it was the season before. It was um, yeah. What's his name? I can't a, remember the player now. He's left. It was he's a fellow, wasn't it, Mervyn? Yeah. And and then he got yeah. irate, and the crowd who was silent raised, and then they went and yeah. scored. Well, it know, happened last that, season with Jacker as well. Oh, was it? Well, that so, was it. Yeah. We were in control. There we go. Jacker rolled him up, which is what Paul's saying. Yeah, but. The the only thing is is as if we just go and play our free flowing football, they're they're a little bit inconsistent at the moment. Liverpool, mm. they are there to be beaten. Do you think we're going to do it, Kirks? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I didn't feel very <laughs> confident going into the Villa game. To be totally honest with you, um, there are just some games that I look at. And I'm like, nah. It's, it's just not going to happen. I hate to say it, I hate to be so defeatist. It's just you you kind of know what you're going to get going into these games. You expect Liverpool to really turn it on. But look, it's football. Crazy things have happened. We're, we are a brilliant football team and I should probably start believing that and having a bit more faith in us because we are, you know, putting teams like Brighton to bed. Um, and they're a good team. I mean, saying that out loud, it sounds a little bit silly, but Brighton are a very good team. And to do what we did to them today, it just goes to show how far we've come. But Anfield... Liverpool away, it's never a game I feel particularly confident about. Um, I could hear the panic in your voice talking about Zinchenko up against Salah. Yeah. I mean, I, I share that. You know, I, I really do worry about that. And it's not just um, him. I mean, that, that whole left-hand side could be really exposed for us. Martinelli's going to have to do a huge tracking back job, which in fairness, he does do. He really does help out on that side of things. But it's not only Salah we've got to worry about. It's a certain Trent Alexander-Arnold who's been fantastic this season. So I do worry a hell of a lot about Liverpool exposing us there. And let's not forget, it was Inchenko as well that was at fourth for one of the goals we conceded at Anfield last year. So it's, so, um, do you want to answer Carl's question, Kirks? 
Um, I don't think so. I don't think he plays. Kivior let me read it. Of... Sorry, does Arteta play uh, Jakob Kivior instead of Zinni? Sorry, just for audio, so they know what you're answering. No, I don't think so. Um, I think he would rather we control possession. I do think he'll believe that we could go to Liverpool and control the ball. And I think I don't really blame him for thinking that way. If you look at how Liverpool played today, there's no reason why we can't do that. If you look at Liverpool's midfield, it was. I don't want to say it was average, but it wasn't the best today. If we're able to take control of that midfield, which he'll want Zinchenko in the team to help do, then I think, yeah, Zinchenko will start this game. Um, I think it all depends on if McAllister's fit. I don't know if he will be, um, but if he is, then I think that changes the dynamic slightly. But Liverpool's midfield, yeah, today didn't look great. And with them playing in midweek um, in the Carabao Cup against West Ham, it's the quarterfinals of that. I'm not sure how strong they're going to go. Will they take it seriously? Will they play the kids? I mean, we saw them play a bunch of kids in the Europa League the other day. Um, that'll be quite telling. But, um, look, Amanda, I'm conscious we've got, you know, just over 10 minutes left. Do yes. we have any questions? We do. <laughs> we do. Um, right, hold on. Let's go to different ones. Let's have a look. Carl Stark, question. Is it defensive cover that we need in the January window or another position? I'll let you take that, Merv. Um, I think um, I think that we well, depending on um, Timber, I think we probably do need defensive cover. Uh, we know what happened last season uh, when Saliba unfortunately got injured. Um, although I, I, Declan Rice dropping back seems to be you know a potential solution um having said that then how do we replace what Declan Rice gives us in the middle um so I think that we do need defensive cover um I don't know what who it would be um I think to bring in I've seen a couple of names of people uh from European leagues I think to bring somebody from outside the Premier League or England in for you know the second half of the season that's going to be very competitive with chances at the moment like five six teams all going for the league um would be a bit of a risk i think it would need to be somebody who understands the uh, premier league um i think we 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 will certainly well i mean uh, rumors are about somebody else up front and i think that we're possibly a bit light if if jesus was to get injured again um he, he's you know i know that, that i've seen people during the week online saying about you know play martinelli up front play uh trossard i i, I think that they, they're clearly going to look for a striker whether that is they can get somebody in january or whether that's next summer i'm not sure um part of me hopes that, that they, they are going to pull some weird deal off the kit Killian Mbappe, but but probably not. Um, so that fits in, Mervyn, with Phil's then. Rice is the complete yeah. midfielder. Time to buy the complete striker. Do you think that that's what he needs to do in January? Um, I, 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 my big concern after last season is that we get a couple of injuries and we run out of steam. Um, and that's why at the moment, you know, the, 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 I, we didn't, I didn't need to wait for the team sheet today. I knew what it was going to be, uh, cause it's kind of, it's the obvious 11. Um, and I am a bit concerned that if, um, Saka or Martinelli got injured, well, I suppose we've got Reese Nelson there. I suppose Trossard can cover, um, Gabriel Jesus gets injured at the moment. I don't know who plays in that role. Um, Eddie and Katia. 
I like Eddie. Uh, I like his enthusiasm. I, I don't know that he's somebody to lead the line of a title-winning side that's going to challenge for you know for the Champions League and for the league for the next two or three seasons. Much as I, I, I don't like to say that because he's you know an Arsenal boy. Um, I think we probably need some somebody with a a, a greater presence. Um, I think that we, we we are still very reliant, as I said, on on, on William Saliba and Gabriel. Um, we we don't really have the options. Maybe Kivior. So I think there's 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 that side. And also, if we drop Rice back, then who does that role? I'm not convinced we're going to see much of Partey. I I don't know if he's going to be fit. Um, I don't know if they're thinking about him leaving. Um, it also it's gone so quiet. I don't, I, you know, he played the first game, and that I don't think we've seen him since, have we? Um, he played those first few games at the start of the season when Gabriel was dropped, and he was playing a right back. But I agree right. with you. I mean, there, there's pictures of him back in training now. I imagine he'll be on the bench for Anfield. Um, he might get a couple of minutes there. He might, you know, be involved in the games against West Ham and Fulham. Um, before the year is out, and then he's off to Afcon. Um, so yeah. we, we're not going to see him. And uh, if it was me. I would definitely look to get rid of him in the summer. So Cooks then, Daniel Jesse, <clears throat> Daniel Jesse wants to know, do you start Havertz at Anfield? If we had a fully fit Thomas Partey, <laughs> Thomas Partey, <laughs> I would be going with Partey, Rice and Erdegaard as my midfield three. Facts of the matter is we don't. And the in-form man at the moment is Kai Havertz. And I think I've seen enough from him from a defensive point of view and a work ethic, work rate perspective to show that he can go to Anfield and be part of a midfield three that includes Rice and Erdegaard. So, yep, for me, he's the man in form. He's playing great football. You don't drop Kai Havertz right now. Mervyn, do you agree? Um, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, he he's come up, as I said, with vital goals um, at important times. You know, late winners, um, uh, still annoyed about the one at Villa last week. But I mean, it's kind of, you know, that would have been, I mean, today was the second, obviously. But I mean, he's, you know, he won the game at Brentford. Um, he scored when we needed a goal badly at Luton. Uh, he would have been the one who scored the goal we badly needed last week. So he, he seems to have uh, got this ability to to score at the at the time when we need it the most. Um, whilst I do understand the frustration some fans have that he's not an all action running around closing down kind of player, um, I don't think that's what he's been bought to do. Um, and I, I would start him. Yeah, I mean, I would start today's team. Uh, if Partey is 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 like a Rolls Royce in training this week, then maybe think again. But I'm guessing it would be today's team that starts next week. Mm, okay, okay. Let's. Phil Macker wants to know: Does it feel weird to get three points? There'd be no real controversy. Well, we haven't had to discuss VAR tonight, have we, Cooks? Isn't it lovely? Just score two goals. And... Breath of fresh air, just a normal football match, comfortable win, no hair raising moments. We've done it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is how it should be. We shouldn't be sitting here discussing VAR. I mean, the ref was, oh dear, there were at times where, you know, Saka gets hacked down three times. Um, ben White tugs his shirt and gets a yellow card. You, you could have just written the script that we were going to get the first yellow card. I mean, it wasn't a dirty game. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't frustrations and tension building up or anything. I just, I just give up. I, I, I really, really do. Yeah. I want to discuss this as well. Mikel got a yellow, as Lynn said. 
you know, for doing his jazz hands and for getting animated and stuff like that. Is that really Mervyn a yellow card? Well, it's Mikel Arteta, so it will be, because they they are trying to create a narrative. Um, there is a narrative around him. I said what you know, fans fans of other teams say, but you expect that. But the, 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 there seems to be within the football community, um, and that's referees, pundits. There seems to be a narrative. He gets overexcited. He gets over, you know, zealous with his pro protesting, and, and he's always jumping up and down, protesting, calling for free kicks and things. Uh, um, and it, it sticks. And referees, you know, I remember. I remember a phone-in years and years ago when I was a kid, so it was a long time ago, and they had it. It was a Radio London phone-in and uh, on a Sunday morning, and they had a referee, a top referee on to uh, answer questions. And this referee said that, the, that, that I think the question somebody had asked was, is there, you know, you get homers, awayers, are, are referees biased? You know, they're, they're not supposed to be, but they must, like, favour certain teams or, or, or you know, not not like certain players who they referee a lot. And he said, look, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, if you give a, a decision and the home crowd don't like it and they get angry, then the referees will say, right, you didn't like that. You wait for the next decision I'm going to give you. Um, and I think there is an element of that to it. Um, I, I think that they, I'm not saying they like to be the centre of attention, but I think that, that they they lap that up. And, you know, it, it's, the thing is that the, that the, the, um, guy you've just put out there about Arsenal clicks. Yeah, they do, because we've got a very active fan base online um, who will debate everything um, and, and feel the world is against us. Um, and and so they it, it's played up to that a bit, um, I think. Uh, so everybody thinks refs are biased against them. So every supporter thinks that, the you know, if I say, oh, the ref was awful. Yeah, they're always awful, they say. You know, you want to see the free kick we didn't get, the penalty we didn't get. Mm. Um so I think every fan is like that. You've got to blame the referee. But, but as I just PW feel, says, though, why does he? Yeah. Why is refs allow Saka to be hacked down? Why every single game? And I'm not even being dramatic. Hmm. Um, the way he plays, um, I think he's he's too good and too quick for yeah. quite a few defenders. Um, but it, it's yeah. I mean, it's it, it's often been this way uh, with 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 young, very skillful players who are a bit slight, shall we say? Um, it, it's they seem to get very rough treatment. I suppose they're an easy target. Um, and referees, you know, I mean, it, it's again, if you're saying to a referee, look, that's a bad foul on him. But if they did that on somebody else, then it probably wouldn't be as bad of a foul because they're a bigger, not so fast, not so. So it, it, you you then get into that kind of, well, you know, it, it, a foul's a foul. It shouldn't be, you know, if it's a foul on Saka, it should be a foul on. I'm trying to think of a player. I keep thinking Paul Gascoigne. I don't know why. I'm trying to think of a player who isn't that athletic, um, you know, and, and it's it. Yeah, if it's a foul on one, then it has to be something that would be a foul on the other. But say that because of the way he plays. And we've had skillful players like that. Thierry Henry was was great at avoiding that. Yeah. Uh, but we've obviously had players in the past who who very skillful players who 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 didn't, you know, who who constantly got hurt and fouled. Um and um it, it's yeah, I mean it it I, we will always feel frustrated by it, we'll always feel he doesn't get the protection. Um, but um, sorry, I keep seeing comments coming up. I'm trying to say, sorry, say it's so yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. because the thing yeah, is, it is. I think it, you know, if you go and talk to anybody else outside, 
Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, you're always going on about Saka getting fouled. But he does. I'm talking yeah, facts yeah. here. It's not something that I'm being... No other player in our team gets hacked down like this. Occasionally Martinelli, but that's because, again, the quick skill and they're taking his legs away and stuff. I don't remember over the years talking about a player, an Arsenal player, that gets hacked down like this. Wilshere is the only to... one that springs to my Wilshire, mind. Wilshere, every game though, Cooks. I can't... I think it was so... I think the similarities between <clears throat> Saka and Wilshere... We barely talk about them because they play in different positions and they're, they're you know, obviously very different players. But the one similarity they've got is that they're very good at holding onto the ball for a prolonged period and not letting mm. the opposition get it. I think as you know, non-football playing people, we probably don't appreciate how frustrating that must be for an opposition player when they just see this kid coming at them and they just can't get the ball off him. I mean, Saka is so good at just holding on to the ball. His hold-up play is such an underrated part of his game. He's very strong for such a slender, relatively short guy. And that must be infuriating for an experienced professional like James Milner, for example, who just wants to get the ball off him and they just can't. Um, so I think that's an element of it, but that's that's not excusing it by any means. Yeah, no, that, okay. that comment there from Matthew D'Souza, it's true, wingers do get that a bit more. And we have had players, you know, uh, Jose Antonio Reyes, you know, we've had players in the past who, who seem to get badly tackled a lot. Um, and it, it's, you know, I mean... Someone like going back even further, someone like Liam Brady was constantly getting hacked. Oh, was he? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, uh, but it, the, 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 it, and you always feel that way. Um, somebody else you just put out there, that Grealish. I think those kind of flair players who, who keep the ball, they dribble, they're very quick. The defenders aren't, yeah, aren't that lightning quick. Sometimes they're a bit slow and they go in a bit late. Um, but it, it seems a lot worse with Saka. I agree. Uh, it's, it's constant, it seems. Um, so, it, and it's the close control, as, as you're high, highlighting yeah. there. I think, I don't think referees are biased against him. Um, having said that, I think that opposition managers can target him subtly. Um, and possibly that's what we're seeing. Um, but again, referees are being monitored. So it's kind of, they all get spoken to afterwards. So I know it's the VAR decisions, but there's plenty of others. They get marked afterwards. And it could be the, you know, the, 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 they're worried that it might come back as, look, there are at least half a dozen times you gave a free kick. Just because he's very quick and he falls doesn't mean it's a foul. You know, no, no, of course not. Be so I, I think there might be that side as well. But, I, I mean, just going back to something that we saw last week, and then I've got a question for Cooks. Um, we saw all the City players surrounding the referee. Uh, uh, have they been charged? <laughs> is, is there anything about this? And this is my point about consistency. Hmm. Havertz went up to the ref today, and he literally ran away from him. Like, Havertz ran away back. Because I think the ref went, you come close to me and you're going to get books. Havertz went like that and went back. You know, I just think there's one rule for run. Right. Our mate, JJ, Cooks. Kai Havertz is undroppable these days, I'm afraid, Cookie. Rice has made the sixth position his. So forget about him being left eight. Just get good cover at six for Rice. As party, Jorginho and El Nene, you can't trust. I like Jorginho, and I think Party, if he's not injured, you can trust. El Nene, not so much so. Royal Party, Jorginho, El Nene, I expect all to go in the summer, to be quite honest. Um, 
like like you say, Partey's great when he's fit. He's just not mm. fit. And that's the bottom line of it, really. And not to mention he's going to be 31 next season. Um, I think it's time to part ways with him. Jorginho, you know, he's not getting any younger. I think he, he can be good when he plays. But, you know, we're a team that are looking to constantly regenerate. So I, I expect him to move on. And the same for Elneny. You know, good utility player, but he's part of that old generation that we're now looking to... To, to refresh. Um, so I expect those those guys all to move on. Um, you know, that's not to say they've not been great servants for the club, but we need something new in there. And I'm not going to give up on Rice in left eight because I still think um, yeah. whether it's Habits there, whether it's Rice there, what we need are options. Um, and I don't think there should be any position in the team that is solidified, that is guaranteed. So to have someone like Habits that can play in left eight and have someone like Rice that can also play in left eight, with an out-and-out number six that can just be a bit of a destroyer in front of the back four, uh, that that's the way I would like to see Arsenal go. I would lo- I would love for us to have signed uh, Lavia that's gone to Chelsea. I think it'd have been perfect for us for the long term. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened. But we need someone kind of in in that mould that can play a bit deeper, that can allow Rice, Havertz, Vieira, Smith Rowe, etc., just to not have to worry so much about the defensive side of things. But fundamentally to have someone like Rice who is world-class in either position I'm not fussed where he plays to be honest because he's brilliant in either role and in games like today where he is starting on paper as the six but because we're so dominant on the ball he's able to make those maraudering runs forwards doesn't matter like where he plays on paper because he's still getting forward he's still making things happen Um, and he is just like I said before an out-and-out midfielder in every sense of the word he's absolutely fantastic Mm. Um, just before we move on, we need to mention that um, our sponsor, Ruth Beckhart, has got such brilliant prints up at the moment and you can still get them in time for Christmas. And as a special thank you to us, she's got a 10% off code 10% off code for anybody that watches the same old Arsenal podcast. So if you want to head over to ruthbeckart.com, Check out all her Arsenal stuff. She's got fantastic um, North London Forever badges. She's got Is Ours Gold, everything. And type in same old Arsenal. You should be able to get 10% off anything you buy. Go and check her out. She's absolutely fantastic. Um, I've got, I think I've got one more. Um, and this is something else as well. Um, we were going to do this, John, at the end of the show, but can we all wish Tom Lockyer a speedy recovery? And for everybody that know, for anyone that doesn't know, he's the Luton Town player that collapsed um, Friday evening, wasn't it? It wasn't last night. Was it last night? I can't. It remember. was yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't. I don't. I haven't seen any updates today. Thankfully, he was alert and responsive when he was taken to hospital. Um, to watch his manager walk around the pitch in tears. I mean, that just really, really is upsetting, especially as we only played Luton last week. And that and that manager also defended Arteta. He's sort of become my second favourite manager that's not... No, my first manager, my first favourite manager that's not an Arsenal manager, if you know what I mean. Because I just think that... He, I think football's very tribal and we all support our own teams and we were all keep our own teams like our family and we protect them but when something like this happens we're just one big football family <clears throat> and everyone at the same old arsenal podcast wishes tom and tom the best of health and we wish him well unless you two want to add on anything to that no no absolutely um couldn't have said it better yeah yeah 
we all wish him a speedy recovery. Hopefully uh, be up and out soon. And everyone, in, and you can see in our chat room as well, I agree with you, Amanda. I hope that Tom Lockyer makes a speedy recovery from Fiona. Um, we were going to mention it, but thank you for bringing it up, John. Um, and I, that's it for the questions. Okay, so should we end with predictions? <clears throat> oh, God. I predict I'm not going to predict for the Liverpool match. <laughs> okay. uh, everybody in the chat room, start predicting and I'll put it up. Go on, Cooks. What do you think? I'm I'm going to be optimistic. I think, um, well, take it as optimistic as you want to. I, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. For me, that would be a great result, you know, going to Anfield and getting a point. I know that, that might sound a little bit, you know, down in the dumps, but this is a tough place to go. A point at Anfield, I, I think, would be great. I'd love us to, you know, be losing the whole game and get an equaliser in the last minute through Kai Habits again. That would be perfect Saturday. But an even more perfect Saturday would be if we got a win. But um, yeah, my my head and my heart is going with a one-one. What about you, Merv? Um, I, I'm kind of in agreement with you. There's part of me, and I just have so much faith and belief in this team. Uh, last season and this season, that I think I think we can go up there and win. Uh, I mean, we will have to play out of our skin, uh, and they'll have to be a bit like they were today. But I think a two-one is possible uh, for us. Uh, so I'm going to. Obviously, you may never invite me back if I'm totally wrong <laughs> and we get smacked. But I, I I'm going for Arsenal to win two-one. No, I don't think we'll get spanked. I think, you know, we. I think a lot of us are a little bit haunted by the the five nils and the five ones that we've had at Anfield over the years, but yeah. I'll be, I, I don't expect that to happen. This is a uh, different team. It is. It certainly is. And they're going to be worried about us as well. You would hope what, so. What's fantastic is everybody in the chat room is either saying a draw or a win, which is lovely to see. Um, but what <laughs> I'm being told off for not predicting, I, I, I'm honestly... It's just not worth it. I would take an, a boring nil-nil draw now. I really 100% would. Um, if you want me to predict, oh, <laughs> I think 2-1 Liverpool. I'm sorry I'm being honest, and I'm always honest on this podcast. It is horrible to hear me say something like that. But please, God, I am wrong. Okay, there we go. Well, I've predicted. There you have it. A win, a loss, and a draw from the same old Arsenal podcast panel. Yeah. The perfect hat-trick, you could say. Um, Merv, thank you ever so much for coming on tonight, mate. Where can people find you? Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter at, at Mervyn Dinnan. My name's there. Um, other than that, well, it's all work stuff online, which I'm sure is to do with human resources, so it will bore everybody to tears. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Don't underestimate the people that are in the chat Connect with me. No, 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 no. I'm not underestimating you at all. But uh, no, connect with me on on X. Sorry. Fantastic stuff. Oh, and Amanda, thank I you as well. I can't call it X. No, thank I you, can't. I could, I'm never no. going to call it that. I just want to put up um, and say thank you to Nigel as well. He's one of our moderators in the chat room. Great show yet again tonight. Great comments in the chat as always. See you all on Wednesday for the podcast Christmas party. Up the Arsenal. Always Arsenal. Good night all. There we go. He's done all my words for me. <laughs> Our Christmas party is going to start about half past eight. Call cool past eight, half past eight. Just please subscribe to the Same Old Arsenal channel. Please, please press like. It does make a lot of difference. Everyone on audio, 
please rate us, please follow us. It really makes a lot of difference. It gets this podcast out there. Nigel, thank you so much. Um, you can find me everywhere. <laughs> One minute I'm Princess Guna, the next minute I'm Guna Girl 1969. Come and say hello. Please leave your comments in the chat box. Cookie, I think we're done, aren't we? Where can they find you? I mean, I've done the back of the restaurant joke a few times, but you know, I'm not going. I'm not going to do that again. Um, you can find me on X at jcook96, um, and find me at the Emirates at any Arsenal home game, North Bank Upper. Hope to see you there. But I think that's it, guys, isn't it? We're wrapped up. Okay. Well, thank you to everyone that has joined us in the chat room. Please do make sure to tune in on Wednesday night for the Christmas party. Um, but from myself, from Mervin, from Amanda, great win today. Up the Arsenal. We'll be seeing you very soon. See you later, guys. Bye bye. Night. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.